Step up, step up, step up to this, the Dark Ride. I'm your host, Mr. Dark. Welcome to the Carnival in Pandemonium. We're still not entirely back up and running, but things are getting better day by day. The good news is we've located the geek. The bad news is they'll not be rejoining us here. It seems they've been nominated for the United States Congress down in Florida. I'll let you guess which party. Well, best of luck to them, I suppose. I hope the District of Columbia has plenty of raw chickens. Here, I I think we're fully five by five, as they say, ready for another spin. That's why you're here, of course, not to listen to idle carny gossip. Go ahead, settle into the ride vehicle, make sure you're nice and secure, and away we go. This is Mike Linklotter here, and today we're proud to welcome you to another episode of Wild Nature. I'm here with my associate commentator, legendary linebacker and nature lover, Rick Willington. How are you today, Rick? I'm doing great, and I'm thrilled to be here. Great to hear. On today's show, we're welcoming a legend in naturalism and wildlife education, Don Apex Predator Broderick. Don, come on over. Apex Predator. Whoa, that's very enthusiastic, Don. Now, you're the host of a very successful YouTube channel that focuses on wildlife education and preservation, Nature Journey. Tell us why you're here today, Don. Mike, Rick, I'm here to display my pure Apex Predator energy and demonstrate how I can interact with dangerous wild animals on a regular basis using only the energy that nature gives me as a human male, which is the only true Apex Predator on Earth. Now, Don, tell us what an Apex Predator is exactly. Putting it simply, an Apex Predator is the top of the food chain. It has no threats. It is the predator of all other life forms. And the human male is that animal. We dominate all we see. As such, I am an apex predator. And I can exude that energy out to dominate and tame any animal I come across. Now, Don, you're you're not talking about using violence, are you? No, no violence at all. There's no need. Pure apex predator energy. Just by being, just by existing, my presence convinces these dangerous wild animals that they don't want to mess with me. Apex predator! 
What do you plan to do for us today? What's the demonstration you've got planned? I see you've got a large animal carrier here. Inside this carrier, I've got a wild, feral dog. This is a dangerous animal. The force of its jaws could easily rip the flesh from my body, snap my bones, tear my organs from my torso. Now I'm going to open the door to the cage in a few seconds, and before it can attack, I'll use my apex predator energy to dominate and tame it and turn it into a docile puppy. Whoa, now, uh, are you sure that's safe? Well, I mean, no, it's not safe. That's the entire point. Now, you fellas stand way back behind me, and on the count of three, I'm going to open the door and free the beast. Okay, Don, we're moving back a good distance. Are you sure about this? Absolutely. Okay. Apex Predator! Apex Predator! One, two, three! Apex Predator! Apex Predator! Now, now, Don, now that's a that's a Labrador Retriever, what I think they call a chocolate lab. Yeah, I, I had one when I was a kid. They're they're great dogs. Stay back, Apex Predator. I mean, it seems to be really friendly. Its tail is wagging. It's come straight up to you. Oh, it's licking your palm. Oh, kisses. Stay back, gentlemen. It could be a ruse. They're very clever. Apex Predator. Apex Predator. Now, there. You can see he's backing down. He's submitting to my energy. It looks like he's bored and is laying down to take a nap, Don. And that's it. The complete domination. Helpless before my Apex Predator energy. Folks, uh, we'll be back after these messages. It's time we talked about another podcast again. This one is a big influence on me, and I think you'll see how and why. Radio Rental has been around for three seasons now, and it's delightful. It's a unique animal. They collect true stories from listeners of the strange, unusual, and frightening. The listeners themselves are recorded telling these stories from their lives. They are then presented as tapes that are played for us as we enter a video store staffed by Terry Carnation, a once famous late night radio host that covered the, well, strange, unusual, and frightening. Carnation and his possibly satanic cat Malachi engage in shenanigans in host segments around the tapes each episode. Carnation is played by the great Rain Wilson, and he's a character Rain created and actually has his own podcast about his history as the host of his late night talk show. But the stories are indeed real and possibly true, and often downright terrifying. Sometimes supernatural, often of the brush-with-the-scary nature, such as close calls with real-deal serial killers. The quality of the stories varies, but they're always at least entertaining, if not really spooky. The wraparound bits are always a pleasure, as Malachi generally tortures the misguidedly arrogant carnation and provide a welcome palate cleanser from the dark and heavy tales of narrowly escaped death and cursed childhood homes. Season 3 just ended with Carnation on a self-imposed, income-tax-driven exile, and I'm wondering if it's permanent. 
If so, I'd like to throw my hat in the ring as a replacement. After all, I used to talk about the weird on the radio and currently collect stories of the weird. However, I'm not a huge fan of cats, so Malachi would have to go back to the dark dimension he came from. I'd be more than willing to work with a small dog, however. I'm a Texan. I love dogs. Last week, while I was in Quick Trip, I was tempted to try a bag of that Beyond Meat vegetarian jerky. I'm happy to say the crisis has passed and I'm seeking counseling. I appreciate your thoughts and prayers during this trying time. The Last of Us has been remade for next-gen consoles. I am entirely exhausted of hearing about the Last of Us. The game was very, very good. Nine years ago when it came out. Then they remastered it for newer consoles and PC. Then they came out with the sequel that caused a fecal storm of ungodly proportions it neither warranted or deserved. Finally, there's this remake, the third release of the first game, at full next-gen price of $70, and everyone is once again talking about it as if it is somehow important. And oh goody, the live-action TV show is coming out soon. Whee! That will, I'm sure, come and go with absolutely no drama whatsoever, or any sort of nonsense. I'm just so completely sick of it. It was a good game. Let it die. I'm sick of game remakes in general, as sick as I am of movie and television remakes. But this one? This is the third release of this game. It's not Skyrim. Anyway, I'm just going to sit down and watch some television. Oh, God, they brought back Game of Thrones. Why, God, why? And we're back with more Wild Nature. Rick is still here with us. That I am, Mike. And Don Apex Predator Broderick has returned after a surprisingly mild first segment with a new demonstration. What have you got for us this time, Don? After showing you how I tamed that feral dog last time, he looked really friendly to me, Don. Um, okay, Rick. Uh, leave the taming for me, big guy, okay? Uh, after the last demonstration, I decided to up the ante. Now I've brought in a Texas mountain lion, known as a puma or a cougar. Now these are highly dangerous hunters, easily the size of grown men or bigger, and they can gut you faster than you can respond if you aren't prepared. Wow, are, are you sure you want to do this, Don? You've got nothing to prove. Oh, I know I haven't, but I'm fully prepared with Apex Predator energy to tame this wild beast in seconds and have it firmly under control. Now you two need to step way back. On three. <sighs> Apex Predator. Apex Predator. One. Two. Apex Predator. Three. Apex Predator! Apex Predator! I knew it. Uh, what we have, folks, is a fairly large specimen of a common house cat. It is a big one, 
but it's a fluffy uh mike i think that's called a Maine coon cat because it's a uh, kind of like a raccoon sized apex uh don don that that that's a house cat it's just kind of sitting there confused stay back back fools it hasn't submitted Apex Predator! Uh, maybe don't try to pick it up. Uh, ah! 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 Ow! 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 Don Broderick has been scratched by the cat when he went to pick it up. I think it was scared by the vocalizations Don was making. Don! Don, are you okay? Wounded! I've been wounded! I'm bleeding! Medic! I require medical care! There's blood. There's blood here. Oh, God, it smelled my blood. It'll come for me. Folks, we're going to cut away here while we find some medical assistance for Don Broderick and try to recapture the cat that injured him. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Now, another personal story. This is a big one. I've not told this in public often. It's the tale of how I discovered my late wife had abilities. When she was alive, she didn't want that fact broadcasted out to the world. She didn't see these as gifts, but more like a curse that could occasionally be useful. Just existing day to day with them was difficult for her. She sometimes couldn't leave the house because she couldn't maintain walls, quote-unquote, well enough to be able to handle being around people other than me. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We met online, friends of friends, in 2003. She contacted me, later claiming she fell in love at first sight after seeing my photo posted on a friend's live journal. To this day, I hold that this was a sign of serious head injury or mental illness, but never mind that. We had been talking via online chat and the phone for some time, but she was hesitant to meet. She said she'd had trouble in her past that made her reluctant, so much so she'd canceled two attempts to meet at the last minute. She'd also only made available three photographs, all taken from different angles, different to the extent that they could have been three different women. These facts combined had me doubting whether she was who she said she was. I was coming out of a very awful and abusive first marriage, and my trust levels were rather low in general. Another online friend had just started college in the Los Angeles area, where I was living at the time, and was dating a boy in Long Beach, far south of her college, which was in the area I lived. I'd agreed to pick her up and drive her back to school after a weekend spent with him so we could meet and hang out as well, having never met in person. As it was my birthday weekend, Jen, my future wife, asked what I had planned during one of our marathon phone calls. I explained the situation to her. Oh, she can't see him anymore, she said. That boy she's seeing. She's got to stop seeing him. I see a basement, a room with an ugly orange carpet. Who has carpet like that? This stained old green sofa. They're there, and he's hurting her. He's wearing this long green army jacket like an overcoat, and he's got her by the throat. He's holding her up against the wall by the throat, and he's got a knife. It's this big, ugly folding knife, like a hunting knife, and he's going to hurt her. You've got to tell her. She can't see him anymore. He's going to hurt her bad. I'm serious. You have to tell her, okay? Okay, 
I said. I'll, um, I'll, I'll let her know. We hung up, and I more or less wrote her off. So, she's not a dude. She's just insane. Fair enough. So much for that one. I drove down to Long Beach later that evening to pick up my friend, and we make the long drive back to the Inland Empire. She asked how things are going with the girl I've been talking to. Well, I thought she was a guy because she wouldn't meet with me and she sent me three pictures that looked like different people, right? But now it turns out she's just nuts. She laughs and asks what I mean. Oh, you're going to get a kick out of this. And I tell her the story she told me word for word. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Silence. No response. I look over at my friend in the dark and she's white as a ghost. Now, she was already extremely pale. But she'd gotten so pale, I think she was dead if I didn't know better. Tears are streaming down her face. Her mouth is wide open. She breaks into a stream of consciousness explanation while I try to focus on the road. That's our room. It's the finished basement of his parents' house. That carpet is hideous. It's from the 70s. They never changed it. That's our sofa. We just had sex on it half an hour ago. That's his coat. He wears it everywhere. That's his knife. He carries it with him all the time. He says it's because kids at school were bullying him. He's a senior in high school. I argued with him, saying he wasn't in school all the time, but he won't leave it alone. He's always playing with it. He's been scaring me. I'm covered in bite marks right now. When we were screwing, he kept biting me everywhere hard it was fun at first but he kept doing it harder even when i told him no and he's been getting rougher when we have sex that's our room that's our sofa that's him that's him now jen had never seen this girl before didn't even know her name knew nothing of this boy she'd been seeing because i didn't know anything of him i still don't know his name there was no possible way she could have known any of this I didn't know. Nobody knew. My friend had been keeping it a secret. She was a freshman in college and didn't really want to publicize that she'd been seeing a senior in high school because she was 18 and she was seeing a 17-year-old. But Jen knew. Hours away in the desert where she lived, she knew. My friend made up her mind. It turned out she'd been deciding between two men in her life, this boy and an older guy she'd been seeing. She was attracted to the bad boy aspect of the younger guy, but he'd scared her badly this weekend. Jen's warning convinced her. She never saw him again. She never talked to him again. She didn't even call him to break up. It's entirely possible Jen saved her life if what she saw was true. And that convinced me. It's irrefutable. It's completely impossible to explain. There was no way to skeptic my way around this. This woman I'd never met had somehow warned a woman she'd never met of something she could never have known. But she had. Every single word of this story is true. This is not fiction. This is not a spooky little story for our ride here. This was the beginning of a 15-year relationship and eventual marriage that ended in tragedy with her death four years ago. These abilities were part of her and part of our everyday life. I'll speak on them more as time goes on. I've got plenty more stories. But 
that's enough for today. Discussing this and her is hard for me. On to other things. Tonight on Behind the Drama, we take a look at the life and career of the Limu Emu. The Liberty Mutual Emu, best known as the Limu Emu, got his start on a small emu farm in North Texas. Expected to just live out his days siring young emus for the herd, an early predilection for acting out around the farm landed him a scholarship to Yale, which he used to join their prestigious drama program, majoring in stage work. While his nature limited his roles at first, we found him to be a strong leading male in both several Shakespeare productions and eventually his crowning achievement as Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman in his senior year. His ability to molt on demand was stunning. Despite receiving high marks and graduating magna cum laude, the Limu Emu found few jobs fresh out of college for a large flightless bird with a college drama degree, so he returned to the farm where he grew up. Depressed, he still scoured the local papers between fertilization sessions for jobs he felt were worthy of his talent. One day he saw it. Emu wanted for commercial opportunity experience preferred. It was perfect. When he came into the audition, we were just blown away. Any emu willing to be trained to do a trick or two would have been fine, but here was a bird who could do mammoth. He had an entire soliloquy to squawk for the audition. We were in tears. He landed the job immediately. First set of commercials with the bad hair guy were a huge hit he felt underused. Still, in a later set of ads, the Limu Emu fought for bigger roles, a little emoting for the camera, a squawk or two. The ads were well received and he became a viral media star. Still, the height of his fame, he found no artistic satisfaction and it led him down a dark road. Living at Limu HQ near Frisco, Texas, he found the local entertainment scene irresistible. Yeah, I knew the emu. When he wasn't shooting commercials or doing personal appearances, you'd find him up here at Concrete Cowboy every Friday or Saturday night trying to make time with the ladies. He'd drop thousands. Most of the time, he'd wind up wasted, and we'd have to cage him up and load him onto a truck to take him home. Almost none of the ladies would go for his pickup lines. He... he was a lonely bird, you know? Before long, the ads dried up. Limu wanted a new mascot, someone younger, someone with more pop with younger customers. His alcohol abuse had gotten out of hand and rumors of liaisons with escorts tarnished his once shining star. I understood the decision. I mean, we were saving him from himself. I really didn't get why they chose Harry Styles though. I know his last album didn't sell that well, but he was allergic to the feathers. At rock bottom, thrown out of his bachelor pad at Limu HQ, the emu went to rehab. Finally clean and with a new outlook on life, he took the last of his savings, moved to Hawaii, and opened up a beachside yoga studio. 
Though he's getting up in years, he's still clean and practicing his craft out there in the sand, using those long legs to teach downward dog to folks on vacation and, word says, enjoying an active silver fox lifestyle in Waikiki. Next time on Behind the Drama, he was everyone's favorite golden dream bot, but then the saga ended. C-3PO on his struggles once the stardom ends in Behind the Drama. I'll tell you, that little blue and white bastard was always determined to steal every bot that I ever cared about. I hate him. It's true. I hate him. Hello, folks, and welcome back to Wild Nature. This is Mike Linklotter, and I'm here once again with my co-host, Rick Willington. Hi, Mike. And we're back one more time on this episode of the show with Don Apex Predator Broderick for another encounter with Wild Nature. Don, you were injured during the last segment. Tell us, how are you? Oh, I'll be okay, Mike. The wild cat did get its claws into me. Uh, it was a house cat. Now, now, Rick... I don't get on the football field and call plays, so you leave the animals to me, okay? But yeah, the cat did get one set of claws into me, but there were no major vessels or arteries severed, no muscle groups. You, you've got a, you've got a bandaid on. Does, does he have to be here, Mike? Rick, let Don describe his injuries for a second. Thank you, Mike. Uh, so as I was saying, no arteries or major muscle groups were severed, so I'm okay to go into this next demonstration i think i'll recover okay big baby this next uh, i'm just saying this next demonstration is extremely dangerous we've got a corral here as you see inside we've got a wild stallion untamed unbroken this is a process that usually takes days even weeks but I'm going to have this horse eaten out of my palm in moments. Probably a pony. Mike, can we do anything about this guy? Okay, so it's time for you to head into the corral. We'll stay well back from the fencing. Here we go. Apex Predator. Apex Predator. It's going to be one of those miniature horses. Shut your hole. Apex Predator. One, two, Apex Predator! Hooah! Three! Oh, now, now that's a full-sized horse. It's about time. Apex Predator! Apex Predator! Well, the horse is out of the trailer and moving around the corral. It's coming to a stop on the side opposite from Don, but it certainly doesn't appear to be tame. Apex Predator! Don is approaching the horse. Uh, oh, now, Don, I've always heard you shouldn't approach a horse from behind. Be careful now. Apex Predator! Apex! <laughs> oh, the horse has kicked Don very, very hard right in the crotch. Yeah, that, that that's right in the man candies. Don is airborne. That's the force he was kicked. Wow, yeah, that's, that's going to leave a mark. Oh, well, yeah, there he's landed. Man, that's that's just horrible. Uh, we're going to take a break while Don is attended to by medics and the horse is hustled back into the trailer by ranch hands. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. 
Next week, please join us for the 10th annual McKinney Pub Crawl. As always, the crawl will begin on Saturday at the Dirty Rooster on Bethany. Beer and lunch will be available at the Rooster's famous family atmosphere. Moving down the street, we'll visit the Sturdy Fella, located in McKinney's longest standing building for more suds and snacks. From there, it's off to the Space Age with the Red Rocket. Get some Tater Satellites and UFO brand lager before shuffling off to our next stop. After that, it's time for laughs at Giggle Sticks Comedy Club. They'll have comics on stage all night, so we're sure the Giggle Stick will be bouncing all night long. There's fun for the gals at the Juicy Clam. It's ladies' night at the Clam every single night. Be sure to try their special drink, the Pearl Diver. Right across from the Clam, patrons still able to move can make their way to the final stop on this year's pub crawl, the... Um, the, the giant throbbing penis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mike Linklotter checking in one last time before signing off for this episode of Wild Nature. I am here with Rick, and we've got the courageous Don Apex Predator Broderick fresh from his catastrophic run-in with a wild stallion. Don, I'm surprised you're able to speak to us after that devastating injury. Are you okay? I'm perfectly fine, Mike. I can handle anything these animals throw at me as an Apex Predator. Holy Mary, Mother of God, your voice. Look, I've had about enough out of you, pal. I'm fine. I'll be fine. In fact, I'll come back on this show anytime and take on any creature you want to throw at me. Just as soon as your testicles are removed from your throat, right? That's it. That's it. I'm out of here. I don't need this two-bit cockamamie piece of... And that's it for this episode. Tune in next time for Wild Nature. For my co-host, Rick Wellington, this has been Mike Linklotter. Good night from that guy's going to be coughing up pubic hairs for the next several heavens well that's it that one got a bit interesting what have i been thinking of this last couple of weeks i just hope everything stays put last thing i need is that fellow with his gonads and his nasal cavities popping up i've got nowhere for him to sleep <clears throat> anyway, welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed that little foray into all things, well, whatever that was. Do come back and visit in a couple weeks. I'll see if I can't add a couple of filters and try to tame things just a smidge. Might have to slap a warning label on the ride otherwise. Have a wonderful journey home and do take care. There might be actual dangerous creatures out there because life is a dark ride. These are the credits. Don't skip them. These people are important. Everything not listed here, written, created, produced, and otherwise the responsibility of Mr. Dark. All rights reserved 2022 for This is a Dark Production Company. All sound effects and background music from the excellent artists at Pixabay. All licenses on hand. Podcast logo by Evangelist Designs. Thanks, Jimmy. Company logo by Designs That Kill. Thanks, Laura and Tyler. Find us on social media at Dark Prod Co. on Facebook and Twitter. And contact us via email at darkproductionco at gmail.com. That's D-A-R-K production 
co at gmail.com. Find us there. You get it. This is a dark podcast.